All right, guys, what is happening? We're finally actually back. It's um, it's been a while. Sorry for taking so long between uh between episodes. I've actually been trying to be an athlete for a little bit, and podcast has kind of been put on hold. But we're back again. Um, actually got some cool news. This uh, we finally got the podcast sponsored, so there's actually going to be some money coming in this year to try and hopefully get some more microphones and a bit more of a professional setup. Already got like a new camera coming into start recording all the episodes and we're going to put them on YouTube so just a bit more I guess insight and do some more clips and stuff so pretty excited by that but uh these podcasts are going to be powered by Bluegrass now so they've come on board they've um sponsored me for helmets over the last over the last season and just really cool people to deal with good helmets good product it was actually when we signed with them originally I was a bit kind of worried about how they'd go because I haven't obviously used them before but um really good helmet they fit the scott goggles perfectly having such like a wide um lens it's like so much vision so it's um it's definitely a good thing but now i jumped on board with those guys and they're going to be supporting the podcast which is really cool so we'll see how that goes but on the uh on the podcast today on this episode we sit down with a uh a dad a common sir just kind of an all-around nice guy he's had a lot to do with mountain biking in australia he's been a common sir for the um the national series here he's actually uh paddy butler's father so it's on the episode today we got tim butler and um we uh went e-bike riding today and he's just a good guy to hang out with and he's got a lot of cool stories and he's been coaching and commissaring and obviously being the father of a world cup racer so it's just cool to get a different insight into some someone else's life that's uh in the industry and in the in the sport like that so hope you guys enjoy it and here you go i think we're finally working i think we got there Right, we are working, Timmy. It took long, and I think it's because I've taken so long before. I've, it's been two months since I've done one of these things. I've got to say, I've got to keep up to date and actually be able to put them out. But yeah, we're actually finally working. Timmy, how are you, mate? Good. How are you? Not too bad. I'm actually stuffed. You've, you've wrecked me after the cruisy e-bike ride we were supposed to go on this morning. Yeah, I'm starting to cramp now, too. I was going to say, what do we do? 40Ks? Yeah. Did I wasn't we, expecting that. Was it, <laughs> did, did, you, did you go further because you thought I would want to go further? No, I didn't think it was going to be that far. Oh, because you just kind of got kind of lost. Well, yeah. Well, normally we don't do the sawmill part first. And I think that's oh, because we went the other way. Yeah. When we get into those roads, you know, when you come around the corner and you see another hill, and yeah. you see the battery flashing red, and you're just like, oh no. And yeah. then I started to get hangry. You know, and you start to get like you just get. Well, I think I wasn't too bad until the battery went flat, and then they kept having hills, and I was just like, "Oh, I'm pretty." Starting to bonk. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty ready to be done with this. Yeah, I was the same, and I still had two bars left because. Yeah, and you, st- you were still fully charged. I was a lead foot Larry at the start. Well, that's the thing. I was like, "Oh, this will be crazy." I'll just boost everywhere, so I just mm. went in boost and um, trail everywhere, and then yeah, run out. I mean, it's funny when people say, "Oh, you're cheating on e-bike," they're like, "Yeah, but when it runs out, oh, even well, you're pushing shit uphill." I mean, I was starting to cramp by the end of it, and I still had power left. So. How big do you normally go for an e-bike rides? Is that the only bike you ride now? No. No, I still ride the normal bike. I love the normal bike. What so. normal bike do you have? I have Bold. Those a are, Bold? Yeah, Swiss built. I don't even know what a Bold is. Oh, it's a beautiful bike. Is it? It's like a cloud. Is it just trail bike? Yeah, it's my trail bike. Do you hop on that and just go... Because I feel like when I just started riding e-bikes and I hopped on a normal trail bike, I was like, fuck, this thing is light and you throw it around. Yeah, but, and you nearly go off the back when you try to manual something because it's... Yeah, because it feels, reef up the it front. feels so different. Yeah. But I reckon um, it's one of those things that's just like, I, I love it, but at the same time, I like the change. Yeah. Like, you got to, like, mix it up. I feel like if you just get one stuck in one thing, because I went kind of e-bike crazy, 
I think it's like when a fat kid has too much chocolate, you're just kind of like, oh, chocolate's not as good as it used to be anymore. But and then you kind of go back to something else and you go back and you're like, fuck, just boost it up. Like we climb some of those hills and I'm just like, put it in boost and just kind of barely even putting pressure in the pedals and you just, mm. you kind of got to work on your balance, but. Yeah, it's, um, see, I've been riding one now for probably four years. Yeah. And. We always, we always have to put the e-bike plug in these podcasts. It's fun. Every one I reckon I've done, I've dropped in that, like how much I love them, how good they are. Yeah. I've, and I, but I still love the other bike. Yeah. I mean, the last time I rode the e-bike was with you. How long ago was that? I'm terrible with time. A big month or a month and a half. Maybe a bit under, maybe three weeks. Yeah. I don't even know how long I've been here for now. It's all a bit of a blur because I was in New Zealand for a bit over two and it was a little bit before then, so yeah. I'd say probably three weeks to a month. Yeah. But yeah, so, like, like we're saying, that was better than getting out on the road. Oh, we're hell talk, yeah. We're talking about that. Yeah, no, the road's too dangerous. Because have you had any near misses? Well, you said you had people throwing bottles and shit. Yeah, I've had. I've been hit by a truck. By really? Semi. Yeah, he just sort of merged over. He knew I was there and just sort of merged over. How, how did he hit? Like, where did he... I was just on a roundabout. He, I was coming down and just, yeah, just basically pushed me over. I had to... He, the shoulder, my shoulder hit this trailer and I had to jump up on the gutter. Oh, I was going to say, I almost got sucked into a bus once. It was after school hours and I was, it was dumb. I shouldn't have been on the road because I knew, like, how busy it would be. I was like, oh, fuck it, I'll go for a little ride. And then a bus came, and it was just a narrow road, and, like, it didn't really have much choice. And just, like, you know, you get the wind kind of pulls into yeah. it, and it pulled me in, and I almost clipped its back. Like, it pulled me into it, and I was just lucky that it was kind of going, and then I just, yeah, just somehow missed it. Yeah. But, well, I used to ride to work down the M1, and when the B-doubles, they, a couple of them swerved in at me in the suction. You just, yeah. wanted, you just wanted to go underneath it. Yeah, pull you into it. Yeah, and I, they don't realise... How dangerous it is, and and after a couple of times of that, I thought, nah, it's just it's too, not worth it. Nah, that's when I was racing cross country and everything, trying to keep fit for well, twenty four hours. Well, it's funny and... sometimes because I like I do ride on the road, but I try and give people as much room as they can. Mm. But then I see some people that ride on the road, and I'm just like, like I see why people want to run you, like want to hit you because oh, you're yeah. being fucked, like you're being an idiot. Like yeah. you're half on the road, you got two people wide yeah. on a narrow road, and you're like, like I'm am a road rider but at the same time I don't want to be associated with them because I reckon like most of them can be yeah just arrogant yeah and then it kind of just makes this stigma between and then even some people I've talked to like oh we sit in the middle of the road so people see us and go around us and I was like what kind of logic is that no. like they're, they're just going to piss, get pissed off and probably hit you deliberately when you're 120 kilos when you got a 2 ton car or a yeah. 40 ton truck yeah I know he's going to come off well that's the thing I do it for myself I get as far off as I can mm. for me not for yeah, their like convenience kind no. of thing, but because um, that's what you say most. Because you do a little bit of coaching, don't you? Yeah, and when I was coaching, I did a lot of coaching at schools, and that, and I'd say to the kids, yeah, if you want to survive on a bike, don't ride it on the road. Yeah, it's just go out the bush and yeah, there's plenty of other places yeah. to do it. Well, that's one thing. It's just like I look at downhill, I could have a massive crash and whatever, and that's all on me. Mm. You're on the road, it's, it's out of your control. Yeah. Like, you're literally playing with factors you have nothing mm. to do with. And no matter how far you get off, someone can still clip you. Like, you go right down and everyone says how crazy gnarly it is because you've got trees flying by, but, like, you see all those trees and yeah. you're there. On a road, you don't see the car that comes out behind the corner. But even riding in. motorbikes on the road, I remember used to have headlights on and wear fluoro, and people still pull out in front of you. Yeah, they just don't and, give a fuck. No, really. and same as push bikes, I just... 
Yeah, yeah same they, thing. Yeah, they just. I think people have this mentality that just when they're behind the counter, they don't look at them as human beings. Mm. They kind of just look at them as fucking obstacles or like yeah. you know, or just old problems on the road. That's just kind of like it's the same as like when people on the internet like they just they they switch off their hum, human brain and just turn on this different brain. It's like, oh, if I say something to someone on the internet, it doesn't mean something. Or if I hit someone on the road, it doesn't mean something. Yeah, it's just it like was... you're in this like. You're in your little bubble. Yeah, different world. It's just yeah. like, no, it all applies, dickhead. Like, yeah. you can't just log off for this amount of time because you're in a car and they're on a bike. Mm. But um, getting back on a coaching, because I'm going to ask you, I was going to say, you had a, I don't know how much do you actually had to do with Jack, but you, you kind of like had stuff to do with what, Jack, Yeah, I money. had a fair bit. So he worked for you, didn't he? Yeah, he did for a was... couple of months. And <laughs> he, uh... he realised he wanted to race bikes into that. Yeah, I really turned him off. So, really good worker. Like, yeah. Yeah, really switched on kid. Um, be just a determined racer. Yeah. Um, so what was that doing? That was doing plumbing. Yeah. But uh, oh, more industrial, uh, food grade stuff. So a lot of welding and stuff. Yeah. Stars welding and... Um, How long did you work with you for? Uh, a couple of months. But you'd only be able to work four days and be too buggered. Then, really? Yeah. <laughs> when was, and this was, how old was he? When, what year would this have been? Oh, he would have just left school, so um, I think he worked weekends while I was at school. It would have been around 2012, something like that? When he... Yeah, probably around then, actually. Yeah. 2011, 2012? Yeah. He helped me with coaching at school. That's how I met him. Oh, really? Um, yeah, because I needed someone to give me a hand, and the school gave me Jack. Because I said, oh, he locked he liked mountain biking a little bit. And yeah, yeah. So he used to help me and he used to get all excited because I used to give him my Yeti 575 to ride oh, around really? on and he was so excited to ride a really nice bike. Was that nice back bike. when he was tiny before he had his, his growth spurt? Yeah. That's yeah. funny because he used to come to big series races probably a little bit after that and he was tiny. He was one of the smallest guys there mm. and we used to have this joke because he looked like one of our friends Gary when he said he was Gary with a smaller head because he had his <laughs> tiny head and this massive like armor, and he looked so funny. I just remember, like, I didn't know who he was up until oh, maybe twenty thirteen or something, or like, because we raced together for a while. Yeah, I was just like, "Hey, how's it going?" But never actually like weren't friends. Friends, I just knew who he was. And then he started coming to the big series and like doing really well. He'd get like second behind me, or maybe like just beat me somewhere. And I was like, Fuck, yeah. "Who is this guy?" Like, yeah. coming out of nowhere, he's on this giant. Looked way too big for him. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And he was super smooth. Like, he was just really smooth oh, yeah. for, like, he's just this little kid that... Yeah. It's just funny. And I think that's probably why he's done so well when he's, like, he's grown into his body, but he's had that smooth mentality. Yeah, he's probably been the underachiever because he's been so small. And then when he's grown, yeah. all the kids that were beating him who had already grown... Yeah. And... He caught up. Yeah, <laughs> same, same as Pat. Pat was exactly the same. Yeah. And I kept saying to Pat, don't worry about it, just sit back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, your time will come. Yeah. Because that's, it's, it'd be hard, like, for some people, like, obviously, coming up in juniors, you see some guys that mature really quick. Mm. And, like, I remember I was racing a couple of kids, and, like, when we are in under 15s, like, they had beards. Yeah. And, like, fully, like, just the amount of muscle and stuff. And I look back now, and, like, <clears> I was literally a child. I had, hadn't hit puberty yet. And I was just like, am I supposed to pedal faster than these kids? Like, they literally look like men. And I was just this little guy didn't even have hair on anywhere on my body at that point so well I remember one podium shot of Pat down the Threadbow and it was James Finlay and Harry Parsons on the podium and Pat actually won it and 
uh, James and Harry were still taller. Yeah. And, Pat, and Pat was on the top step. He was the top. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, it's um, Patty Butler. Or Patrick Butler. Because how... Um, when was that? When was it? That was when he was in the under fifteens. Because he got a shot. I'd say he shot up, but he's still pretty. Yeah, he's never really going. He'd, he'd be what sixty kilos from work. Yeah, he's so, a scun rabbit. Something like that. Yeah, he. Um, but he doesn't train. He never trained right through. He was one of those guys who's had a shitload of natural talent. Yeah. that just, just I don't know, get those people that just can ride a bike super well. It is. It's just like almost embedded in them. Well, I mean, I always had a love. For mountain bikes, I've ridden mountain bikes now for oh, 25 years. Yeah. And he used to just come riding with me all the time. Yeah. Um, and I tried to push more kids when he was younger into mountain bikes to just give him someone to ride with. Mm. And we couldn't Is that how you kind of got people like... Because you obviously worked on it with Jack and Muddy. Yeah. And Muddy, who else? Muddy, um, well, we, I ended up getting into BMX. Yeah. Only to get Pat with other kids his age. Yeah, yeah. I got in... Kids used to come to me for some reason for coaching tips. I'm thinking, why are they coming to me? Yeah. So I thought I'll do a coaching course, and Muddy did the coaching course as well, and that's when I first met Muddy. Yeah. And then we decided to start up a coaching program up at Maitland. Are you still doing that? No. Because you're doing some coaching now, aren't you? Yeah, I only select... Only select, yeah. Yeah, only select riders. Because I think I want to do something like that eventually. But like you say, I feel like you need to pick the riders. It, it, parents are a big problem with yeah. uh, coaches. That's where, where the biggest problem is with BMX coaching. The parents. The parents were just a nightmare. Because they well, all, I feel like they. it's almost like they know better, but they yeah. want you there, but they want to tell you how to coach them. Well, every like, kid's a world champion. Yeah, so, and in their eyes, yeah. they can't do wrong, and yeah, there's a lot of factors come in. And there's kids there that just want to ride for fun. And yeah. They, and they're never going to be that level. It's, you know, it's like it's like any sport. It's like soccer. Mm. You know, there's kids there that are just naturally talented. Yeah. And there's kids there that just there, because they're with their just mates. And, there, yeah. And, and I, I enjoy seeing the kids that want to be there that... Yeah, and that's what I loved about coaching BMX is having all these kids, and most of them were characters. You know, mm. it, was, it was good fun, and but yeah, then you get your parents saying, "Oh no, no, he should be doing this," and he, I'm thinking, "No, yeah. he's not up to that stage." You know, yeah. I'm going to end up hurting him, yeah, and turning him off the sport, and and I'm there to get kids into the sport. Did you ever feel like you like with Patty because obviously you <clears> wanted to push him into riding, but you had to have that thing where you want to push him to. Like it's that balance between you yeah. want to help them, but you don't want to push them. I was coaching a girl one on one, Christy Smith, to, for the world championships, and Pat used to come to the BMX track with me when I was doing that too. And I was pushing her fairly hard, and on the way home, Pat said, "Oh, can you start pushing me like that, Dad?" I said, "No." <laughs> I said, "I want you to keep enjoying the sport." Yeah. I said, "I want you to ride for fun." Yeah. Well, yeah. it's that hard thing between, like, how hard do you push them? Because mm. I always say you push someone hard enough, you're going to push them out of the sport, not yeah. further into it. Because it's just that balance between, like, yeah, it's just that mm. fun. Because I like to say with this Ollie Davis kid, um, I'm always like, I don't want to push him and think he has to train a certain way or all that. Like, yeah. I'm just like, have fun, 
borrow my dirt jump bike, ride as much as you can, do it with your mates, do it as long as you can like that. And he's come to me a couple of times. He's just like, oh, I want to go faster. How do you reckon I go faster? And I was like, well, maybe if you do this and that. But I'm never like, you need to do this, you need to do yeah, that. Because uh, as soon as you do that, it's yeah. just like, you kill it for him. You kill and it for him so early. That's been my coaching technique. I've, like Ellie Smith, I've coached her for a few years. Um, and at the moment, I've got three Australian champs to my name with them. Yeah. With Jack and Ellie and Pat. Yeah. Um, at the moment, I'm working with Will. And that's, I've said the same thing with Will. Is Will Will Island? Yeah, he's a great little rider, just natural. And I've started coaching him at BMX with Muddy. Yeah, yeah. So when he was four. Yeah, and he just comes up. And he's and even then he was just so just wanted to ride, just wanted yeah. to ride. And you'd sit there, and the brake would come up in between the motos, and he'd be sitting at the start gate, um, waiting to go again. Will, go and get a drink. Go yeah. and get something to eat. <laughs> oh, we don't want to go again. I yeah, want to go. Too easy. Yeah. yeah. But that's how it should, like, well, that's what you want to see out of him. You don't want to, if you see him like that, you're like, okay, well, you you generally love this. Like, you yeah. Want to go for a reason. And Pat, he had training wheels on his bike, and I think he was two and a half. And he said, oh, I want a motorbike, Dad. I said, no, you're not having a motorbike till you're off his training wheels. <laughs> so we got home, and he goes, take my training wheels off, Dad. So he took, Training wheels off and off he went. Did he get a motorbike then? Or did yeah, he wait? yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I couldn't. Yeah, <laughs> How old was he when uh, when that happened? Oh, he's about oh probably four actually when he yeah started riding. That's kind of what happened to me. I remember they had training wheels on my bike and they kept crashing because of them because mine would go into a hole and the other one would and like push me off. Yeah, and I remember like I think we got footage of it. I kept crashing with them and then. <clears throat> Dad's just like, take them off, like get rid of them. Mm. So like, he, well, he took them off. Of my, I don't know. Someone said something about it. And the same thing, they took them off, and I could ride the thing. Yeah. So the training wheels were making it harder. And Pat learnt down the fire trail down beside their house, so it wasn't a smooth. Yeah, it was like straight yeah. into it. I think that's the whole thing. People think that like, I guess smothering and help, like over helping, I guess, and just yeah. putting all this pressure on your kids and then trying to do everything for them is going to yeah. help. Whereas just like, if you actually took a step back. And just let them figure it out. They would. It's like the whole yeah, the training wheels. You think they're helping them, but no, they're really hindering and, them. Yeah, and that's what I've found with coaching. And even even when you look, you look at my apprentices I've brought up, I sort of step back and let them. Well, they got to work out whether they want to do it or not, or and like how they're going to do yeah, it. Yeah, and if they break something, they break something. They do it again, then you get cranky. Yeah, yeah they got to learn somehow. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's been my philosophy of raising my three kids too. You know, it's. I can't, you know, if they fall over and hurt themselves, you just tell them to get up. Yeah. You, know, you don't mother them and you um, let them try things and, mm. you know. So did, when you say try things, did, did, did Pat want to, did he want to start racing or did you kind of steer him down that direction? No, he wanted way? to start racing. We we started racing eight hours actually. Eight hours? Like yeah, endurance, endurance races, what just in a team. On, like, cross-country bikes? Yeah, cross-country. Well, trying to find a cross-country bike back then, that was... Just a hardtail, wasn't it? Yeah, but even then, they were all heavy kids' bikes, so yeah. I, I made him one. Oh, really? Yeah, cut up a aluminium frame and made it smaller and rolled it all back up. And, oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, that lasted him a few years, and he snapped it at a wobber. Doing a big jump because so that's how he started doing eight hour. Uh, see why he doesn't want to train now. <laughs> you've, 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 
You fucked him from the start. Yeah, probably. But, Start um, off with eight-hour enduros and then work your way back to downhill. He didn't want to race downhill. Really? Yeah, then when he was nine, I managed to find him a big hit Grom, which is a little 24-inch downhill bike. Yeah. And we went up to Awaba. Yeah. And we went from halfway. And I remember saying to him, I said, look, throw your body armor on because he had body armor from the motorbikes. He says, yeah, all right, Dad. And off he went. And we're going down and... With BMX and everything, he was riding in clips. I thought, nah, we'll put the flats on. Yeah. So we're going down and went down um, the big rock drop before Wombat. Yeah, yeah. Where Brad Kelly got airlifted out once. And he's gone off there, his foot slipped off the pedal and went off the side where Brad Kelly did, head first into a, a lock. It was about a 12-foot drop. Oh. And I thought I killed him. And then I heard the scream. I thought, oh, he's still alive. <laughs> yeah, so it ripped the body out of the impact, ripped the body armour off. And How old was he when this happened? This was nine. His, the oh. force also pushed his full face helmet into his chin and cut all his chin open. And uh, Do you have like thoughts when that kind of stuff's happened? Just like, well, oh, we're just going to go play soccer now or we'll just... Go to something else. Oh, you feel it? like a real bad father. Oh, you like there's something, there's, there's something else we can. Yeah, I, the good thing about it all, he can't remember a thing. But trying to, he's had that hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he has got no recollection of it. And the stupid part about it, you look back and everything you're taught in first aid is don't move them. Mm. And I should have not moved him, but. He's your kid. Yeah, yeah if there's yeah. anyone else's, uh, I wouldn't have moved them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You get. Well, you get the. He'll be right. He'll be right. Yeah. And I remember carrying up to the road and lying him on the road because I rang the wife and she thought I was only joking. And she she's come up and picked him up and taken him to the hospital and going back down because it took about an hour to get the bikes back out of there. Yeah, where the location of it. Seeing the little pool of blood there and you're just oh, thinking, what yeah. have I done? And this is when he was nine. Yeah. Yeah, so just a yeah, kid, kid. Yeah. And then he was never racing downhill again, he said. I said, oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and then has he gone from there? Because he, he was racing on the Mondraker B team. He kind of like, yeah. and you you can't, you came with him because you were our... Uh, that's when he was racing for the Bergamot team, the factory Oh, team. he did right. Yeah, he rode for Eddie, yeah. Eddie and Jack. Was he with Jack on the team? No. He, was no, he came Eddie, after Jack, didn't he? Yeah, Reese Wilson. Yeah. Um, yes. Because you think he podiums as a junior? He got a third at Valdesol. Yeah. 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 So he's never racing again to junior World Cup podiums. Yeah. <laughs> that was um, that was pretty cool to see. It's just like if you, because obviously especially in the Bergamot team they got Jack. They brought him up. He was yeah. like a wing. They got Paddy. But because he did that and then he did a year. Was a year or two on Mondrake on the just B the team. One year, just yeah, the one just, year. Yeah. And then he just thought, hey, just don't want to do it. He just got to this. He said, I said, look, are you going to start looking for another team? Yeah. And he goes, um, he said, well, I don't know. I, was, I just wasn't really enjoying it, the pressure. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I said, why do we ride by bikes, Pat? He goes, oh, for fun. I said, well, why don't you get a job that you don't like and then go out and ride bikes for fun? Yeah. So he said, all right. I said, look, I'm looking for an apprentice. 
Do you want to come work for me? <laughs> you just need a, need a worker. But that's like, yeah, the whole thing is just like, if you actually, yeah, why are you doing it if you're not enjoying it? Yeah. Because I had that thought go through my head a heap because sometimes I will just not enjoy writing mm. and I'll just kind of look at it and just be like, like, why? Like, why am I enjoying it? And like, yeah, I hate when the whole thing, it's just like, you know, you should be. Yeah. But you're not. And it's just like, it's, why? Like, yeah. why aren't I, like, because some days you just have those times you go out and you soar and knack and you're riding and I'm just trying to kind of, oh, I don't know, just, if, if I'm feeling like that, almost not right, because I feel like it's almost going to do more of a negative effect. Mm. Sometimes if you're feeling like that, go to the gym, do something else and like, yeah. get that, just get that out of your system. Yeah. But I know like the whole thing, if you're not enjoying it, like everyone, it might look like the best life from the outside, but mm. if, if like Pat's traveling around racing his bike, but if he gets back and he's just like, I didn't enjoy any of that. There's so why, much downtime. Do yeah, especially That's downtime. what I found. Because with the Bergamot team, Eddie wanted me to go over because Pat was only 15, 16 then. Yeah. And he just wanted me to be there. Yeah, but... Bit of support for him. I don't think Eddie Marsden probably was the best yeah, guy. Actually, no, I was quite surprised with Eddie's. He's a lot more low key than what he. Oh, I know that yeah, for sure. I very smart whole, bloke. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, very smart bloke. But also, he probably doesn't want to be the complete parent to a. No, but his mechanic, Tommy, was. Yeah, he, he supported Pat so well. And yeah. really, he was a really mature. And. Well, I left them there. Because um, you came over for a bit and then... Yeah, I ended up leaving. Pat and I weren't getting along very well. Oh, really? That's why I switched over to your team. And I was going to say, you just kind of <laughs> came and started camping with us. Yeah, I went to the intense team to, and started putting up your pits. Because well, and... you stayed with us a fair few times, didn't you? Yeah. And then we just... We, you, you had the uh, the pit set up down to a final. Oh, line. yeah. That was I good. reckon that was... Um, yeah, it's probably the best bit because it's funny because how that thing took hours. Uh, Did you? Were you at Lords? Yeah, you at Lord's, the, the, the very eleven first hours one? or something. I think oh, it it's took ridiculous. Them. Yeah. And I wanted to go and help then because we were camped across from you. Yeah, and I kept saying, and Jack's like, no, no, I don't. They want to do it themselves and all this and all that. Yeah, I'm not doing anything else, Jack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, yeah, you go. And help. I think it was Leah Gang. Because I used to get bored, because I used to wake up early and no one else did, so i just go walking. I happened to be walking down where the pits were and um, Bernard and Chappie and all that were... I said, oh, do you guys need a hand? Yeah. I said, oh, yeah, so I got stuck into it. Was that when you kind of first met them properly? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, for the spectators at a World Cup, like I know when I've injured myself at a World Cup, I'm just bored out of my brains because it's Mm. like you walk the track once... Not going to take that long. Then you just pit. That's yeah. one. That's the downside about World Cup racing. You do do a lot of sitting around. Mm. Like I've seen out Jack's going to enduro. Yeah, and I'm saying I like that factor because you go new places, you ride your bike all day. You don't yeah. sit around in a tent. Like World Cup racing consists of sitting more than oh, it consists yeah. of riding. Like you might do ten runs over the weekend, over three days. And I'm not the biggest fan of watching. No, it's just it, yeah. Same, it's a, it, it's a, I'm pretty the same way where I like I don't like to watch sports. I'd rather just play, yeah. play them. Yeah, that's the same as me. You watch it for long enough, and you're just like, mm. yeah. And I mean, but I, I love working. You know, for I, I yeah. really enjoyed. Well, that's one thing. Up pits when and, you go to um, races in Australia, like you do the commentary. 
yeah. side, the side of things, and that's kind of like that would obviously take up a lot of your time and make it a bit more interesting than just sitting there being the mountain bike dad kind of thing. Yeah, well, I said I couldn't stand being the pit dad and sitting there, and but well, I, I think it taught Pat a lot me doing that too because he used to service his own bikes from when he was probably 12 mm. I remember when he first got the sponsorship with Jubel oh, he would have been what, 14, 13, 14 yeah. and they bought a bike up that they bought um, David Maggs's bike up for him to test ride yeah. and they were looking at the um, Pat would come down and say oh no I don't like the spring and the spring's too hard and they'd say, oh, okay, we'll change that. And I said, nah, Pat will do it. Yeah. And Pat would rip the forks apart. And they're just going, nah, why, what's this kid? <laughs> yeah, said, he actually knows what he's doing. Yeah. Because you see a lot of kids that literally have no idea. And that's no. the whole thing about the the training wheels. Mm. It's like their dad thinks, oh, I'll do everything for him. Yeah. That'll make him, it's just, no, you get the real world. <laughs> even BMX with his gearing. People would say to me, well, what's gearing Pat running? I said, oh, I wouldn't have famous idea. Yeah. He picks his gearing. And yeah. he, he will change his gearing. Um, and which really helped him when he got to the to the World Cup stage with Tommy. Um, he was looking after um, Pat's and Reese's bike. And Reese would come down and say, oh, it just doesn't feel right. And Tommy would say... Yeah, you, you know, need more information. Yeah, and where Pat would come down and say, oh, I think we'll just, if we change this and change this and change this, and Tom's going, oh, Pat's so easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's the whole under, like, being able to put across how you, how it actually feels into words that you can understand yeah. and do something with, not just, oh, the front end feels <clears throat> shit. Yeah. You're like, why? Like, what's yeah. it? Like, is it too slow, too fast? Is mm. it chatter? Is it losing grip? Like, you've got to be able to, like, I guess, take that information convert it into actual knowledge that yeah. someone else can understand because it's like I don't think I'll probably be the best because I know a lot of times I can't feel like with tyres people ask me about tyres I if you put any tyres on my bike I probably wouldn't tell like I couldn't tell the difference hey? mm. like people say between like Maxis like with Minions and guys and all this I'm just like it all feels the same to me yeah. hey? like there's certain little traits but if you put different tyres on my bike and I didn't see them and you asked me to ride and pick which one, I probably wouldn't be able to tell Just you. get on and ride it. Yeah, so I'm probably <laughs> not the best person like for feedback with certain things. But yeah. there is sometimes when you do you do notice. But then I, know, I get the whole thing where I'll ride and they'll change something and then I'll think about it so much that I'll be like, wait, does it feel good? Does it feel worse? Like, So I like my favourite thing to test do with testing is they'll change something but they don't tell me what it is. Yep. and then I'll write it and then I'll be like well what did you feel and I'll be like oh I didn't really feel any different or this or that and sometimes I won't even change anything they'll just yep. look like they'd tinker with it and then they go try this and I'll just be like oh it doesn't feel much different they're like yeah it's because you didn't do anything but <laughs> they just kind of like it's that placebo effect yeah. like I could go out and say oh yeah that's way better Like, and it's just like we didn't do anything but it's just like they're trying to get that I guess feedback where you're not you don't really have an idea in your mind like if they said oh we sped up the shock you're going to go to the top of the hill thinking, oh, this shock's probably going to be real fast now. And then you start riding, you're like, fuck, this shock's fast. But it, like, if you don't know and you ride, you might just be like, oh, the shock feels better yeah, now. Like, feel you don't better. have yeah. that. Like, I'm about to try like 27.5 at the back and I've already got this idea in my head that like it's going to probably turn better in certain things. Mm. And I almost don't want that. Like, I just want to ride it and see. Because you kind of convince yourself before you even ride. You're like, 
you've said these things in your head why you think it's going to be better and yeah. where. So then when you do it, you, it might not be, but you've already kind of convinced yourself of it. So that's just, yeah, it's one of those things. But yeah, I think um, I think it's just one of those things. You just got to, yeah, just try different things and maybe just, just turn your brain off a bit and just, just kind of do it instead of trying to think. It's even when you go to like a racetrack you've been to before. Yep. You think about your lines and everything before you get there. And then sometimes when you go to a new track, well, I always seem to do well when I go to a new track because I don't think about it. I just go there and then it's, yep, this is what we're doing. Yep. So we went to Lords for the first year, I did well. We went to um, Croatia, I did well because it was just like, like I was, I already think about Fort William now and think about all the, like the shitty bits and what I'm going to do. I'm like, I shouldn't, you don't, shouldn't even have that in my mind. No. Like it shouldn't even be there. You should just wait till you get there. But it's one of those things we've done it so many times. It's just like, oh, I remember this bit, that bit. And it never changes either. So you're like, yeah. oh, I'll go here. So. So what about where you knocked yourself out? Did that does that What's haunt that? you at all? That where I crashed it? Oh, not really. It was kind of like uh, it, it scared me the fact that it was an accident that I didn't, I like I didn't do anything wrong. Hmm. Like if, it's like the whole thing. If I crashed, like try to do a gap or did something or came into something too hot and injured myself, I can live with that. But when you have a part fail, you're just like that's scary as hell. Like could have hmm. been so much worse. And like what I didn't. I did nothing. I did. Yeah. I wouldn't change anything, and that's the scary part. Like the thing when shit starts malfunctioning and causing you like serious injury, it's just like mm. that. That scared me. So oh, I remember like, we were somewhere, um, might have been Andorra, and they had like same thing. You just in, hitting stuff, maybe sixty, seventy k's, flat out. And I was just like, if I had another problem here, like outside of my control. Like fuck, yeah. like you really hurt yourself. Like, I did a, really hurt. That's myself, a scary but, track, though. Yeah, exactly. There's, yeah, but it's just funny when it's scary to walk down. That that's not like the top half of that track is literally two minutes of pretty much no breaks and just pinballing off everything, mm. and then you just absolutely wrecked. You can't hang on, and then it just drops away. That I reckon that's probably the most physical hardest yeah, track yeah. of the year, just because it's so. Like everyone says Fort William, but Fort William's kind of like a bit. I don't know. It's just you kind of know what you're going to expect and it's all kind of the same and you kind of get this yeah. flow where Andorra is just like just flat out could like you got to be so precise and so long and it just it changes like the top's flat the bottom's steep but yeah that I reckon that's probably the gnarliest race and you see some people that just write it so well like mm. Morris last year and even Lloyd they just I think they put I forgot what they put into everyone but you see someone when they can yeah. nail a track like that it's just like it's you watch that and you're like how are you going that fast but they just get that Rhythm bloody. and zone, I guess you'd say. Mm, bloody French. Mm. But going back to your common serving things. Yeah, well, how I... Did, how did all that start off? And <laughs> when, like, what, well, I... What did it consist of? I was a commissaire way back with Cycling Australia. Yeah. A natural commissaire. And then MTBA took over and I let it lapse. And then Rocky Trail took over the downhill scene in New South Wales. And I, I said, I'm not going to race anymore um i've retired because pat's beat me yeah so he's 11 yeah he's 11 and beat me so i said that's it <laughs> we're done and because that was always like you play up the times and make him, <laughs> make him slower <laughs> so i said to martin i said look i'm happy to volunteer at races because i'll get bored and he goes oh do you want to do your commissaire's course and so you can be our commissaire yeah i said yeah righto so it was an online thing, so I did it, and Tony Scott cottoned onto it, and he says, oh, you're doing Commissaire's course. Do you want to come and do the Nationals? And we 
put you up to a level two. Mm. So I went there and um, went to the nationals and um, and they, there I met one of my best friends, Anne Marie. Yeah. Um, the mother of mountain bikers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She, yeah, she was my mum for what is it? My first world in twenty twelve. One of the most underrated people in mountain biking I think in Australia yeah now she's looked after mm. everyone yeah. in the downhill scene on the on the Australian side yeah and even she worked for Specialised yeah she worked for Specialised yeah and um, and that's when I was over there too she was over there as well which was really good because I had someone to yeah talk to in there with yeah, yeah. <laughs> which was great but and so they put me up the top with her and and she's just a ball of knowledge and just great mentor. Mm. So she taught me the you know, ins and outs of the downhill. And what does it actually consist of, like being <clears throat> a mountain bike common side? It's well, I've always put it down as keeping the riders safe. Yeah. Um, keeping the riders, may, making sure they can have a run and get back to the top of the hill. And but what like would you say? like a checklist of what you had to do at a race what would those things be to be a common sir do you just kind of like deal with the start orders the event management yes it's a little like a being a referee um making sure that everything's in place yeah that should be in place making sure the riders have got everything in place yeah um Everyone knows I'm a stickler for bar end plugs, I mean, yeah. because I've had to, I've seen where one's gone into a leg, yeah, and a kid has been so lucky because it hit the seam of his trousers and didn't go in that far, yeah. Um, but just things just like stay that. Stay on top of everything, so like yeah, make safety. sure that yeah. Um, I remember one nationals. Um, had Juliana Wasada helping me. She was a national commissaire too, and we're doing the starts. And she came around and said, "Oh, this kid wants to start at the back of the pack." I said, "What for?" And she said, "Oh, oh he got concussion this morning, and he just wants to roll down." And I said, "No, it's, if he's had concussion, he's not riding." Yeah. And yeah, you know, things like that. You'd, because I'm a big thing on concussion. Yeah, yeah, well, you don't. You can. You gotta. You could. Yeah. Double how bad it is by hitting your head or triple. Yeah, and and, way, and way worse. Trying to explain this kid was under 17s and trying to explain to him, look, mate, if you go down and you hit your head again, you'll be drinking. Yeah. Your food by like straw. Whole young kid mentality. Yeah. I know, I, like I would have been that kid that's like, <clears> well, when I knock myself out at Fort William, I was in my head, I was gonna ride the next mm. day. Like, I didn't even think about not yeah. riding. And I went and saw the doctor and they looked at me and they're just like, you're not going to ride. And that's when it kind of sunk in. And I was just like, in, I was literally in tears. Yeah. I was just, it's that thing where it's just like, you, you want something so bad and you finally get there. And that was when I was riding the best. I had number three plate. I was yeah. like, all this good stuff's happening. And then I got injured for something out of my control and then I couldn't race out of my control. So mm. I just, oh, it's just, you just feel helpless kind of thing. And yeah. I guess the kids like that, they're just like, they're just so driven to do it. And I was I was lucky because I do have a lot of respect uh, from the riders. Yeah. Um, that a couple of under nineteens came down and um, came down and said, "Look, he's right. 
look, it's not worth it. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah. And that's where I was like, because I think I do have a lot of respect from the riders. Um, only because I want to look after the riders. I think they can see that. They're, you got commissaires that are by the book and just shout rules at these kids. And Yeah, that's I don't know if they do that to me and they don't actually treat me like a no. kind of person. It's and just like they're not... Make a relationship with you. It's like, why would I listen to you? Kind yeah. Of thing? And Anne Marie's taught me that is just stay calm with them. Yeah. It's, and because you've got these teenage kids that are testosterone filled and, yeah. you know, pumped to go riding. And, and you're taking that away from them. Yeah. Course, gonna and be emotional about and it. you're putting authority over them, which they're going to, you know, you, you don't want to do that. You, you pull them aside and just say, look, this, yeah. Look, you can't do this, and this is why the rules here and things like that. And yeah. they, I say, oh yeah, that's all good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you don't no just worries. be a dick and say you know piss off, and then yeah. cause an argument over it. Because I've <clears throat> I've had plenty of times where I don't really deal well to I guess authority over me riding and doing that. Because I broke my wrist um, at Threadbow, I think it was, and then the weekend after I had a Vic race, and I just went and raced it because I'm an idiot, really. And yeah. I thought, oh, because I wanted to win the overall for the Vic series. So I literally just strapped my wrist up as tight as I go, put a wrist brace on and try to ride. And it was, it was so painful. I was like, mm. And then looking back, I'm like, what am I doing? Mm. Like, And I think I've done more damage to it because the bone yeah. would have been great, like healed. So it's, it's fucked it. Yeah. And I was like, if someone just was in my ears, like, but that's in my my mind. I was like, people, people said it was stupid. And I'll just listen to them and go, okay, you're right. And then just do it anyway. Where now I'm looking at it like, what were you doing? Mm. Like you could have, you could have actually crashed again and, I easily could have crashed. I had no yeah. strength in it. I could barely even hold on for a two-minute run. So I could have just crashed and put it even further back. And that's and that's one of my parts of coaching too is saying, yeah, you know, repair yourself first. Yeah. Concast yourself. I've, I remember Pat rang me from um, Schladmin over at um, Austria one day. He said, oh, Dad, I had a big crash. I said, Okay. I said, did he concuss himself? He said, oh, I'm not sure. But I said, did you see stars? Did you see little fluffy things? He goes, yeah. I yeah. said, just take these for two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Ellie Smith crashed at the World Champs at um, Lenzerheide. Mm. And she rang me. I actually was, I hadn't made it to the track. I was in Paris looking at the Mona Lisa. I was in the loop when she rang. Yeah. And she said, oh, Tim, I've just had a concussion. And I said, well... There goes your world champs. Yeah. She goes, yeah, I knew you'd say that. Yeah. And then... So I don't think... Oh, I, might, I don't normally really have concussions. I normally just turn the lights off. Like, whenever I've hit my head, I think... I've, like, I've hit it reasonably hard, but normally I feel like I hit it that hard, just lights go out. Mm. And, like, like that... It kind of scares me now. It didn't used to, but now it just, like, what's that doing? Like, yeah. what is that short-circuiting? Well, that's the thing. and It's like what memories are going, what yeah. knowledge is and you, getting around, how slow Yeah, you? and you damage the brain and it's susceptible to... You've probably got swelling there. Yeah. So if you hit it again... Well, I knocked yeah. myself out for... I can't even remember the first time I knocked myself out on the road at home. And I don't even know how long I was out for because I woke up, walked back to the house, put my bike inside, walked inside. And that's when I, like, that's when I was present. Mm. And then I knocked myself out at Fort William. People said I was out for like over two minutes, and I'm just like, "What is that? What mm. is that doing to me?" And within six months, and I was like, "That's yeah." So well, that, that scared the shit yeah. out of me. So now that's that's the biggest thing. Is like I'd rather break an arm than knock myself oh, out. Yeah. Really, even though it's going to be more painful, and then you have to deal with it longer. Yeah. Or like, well, not 
when you say longer, you like the the cast and everything might seem longer, but your brain injury could be forever. Mm. But it's just that is a scary thing. Another good thing with Ellie too, after that, because Anne Marie was over, um, Swan Yearing for the Australian team, and she really looked after her as well. And she's a stickler on concussion too. So, mm. and yeah, but poor Ellie, it's because um, she would would have been up there. She's riding really well. It's bad as well because you feel fine. Mm. Like when I knocked myself out, I felt fine. Yeah. And then everyone's telling you, no, you can't, you can't. And yeah. it's like, I'm, like if you hurt, you hurt your hand, you can't hang on, or your <clears> leg or whatever, you're like, oh, mm. I understand, but you hurt your head, but then you feel fine. It's just like, yeah. why are you like taking this away from me? I'm okay, I can do yeah. it. And it's just, it's just frustrating. It's like you're just sinking in water and you're drowning and you can see the light, but you can't get yeah. to it. I think, and Ellie and Pat, because I've been such a a stickler for it, they um, I, they they both take it on the chin. Yeah, they well. just understand. They understand. Um, I've got a friend who had really bad epilepsy, and which was triggered by too many head knocks, which I think is a a big wake up because she has fitted in front of them. Yeah, they and, they see it, and they see it, and you just. So this is what can yeah, happen. Can, yeah, you can know. get to this point. Because mm. everyone kind of is just that, oh, it wouldn't happen to me, or it wouldn't yeah. happen to me. Oh, shit, it happened yeah. to me. And like I, it would have been a year of me looking after this girl, just from constant fits. She would have 20 fits a day until I got the medication right. Yeah. Um, and, but to see, and it really showed these kids... Yeah, this, uh, is, this is what can happen. I mean, she's always had epilepsy, but she had a series of concussions yeah. that led up to... How did, how did they happen? Did um, concussions? Trebo. Oh, she's riding. Yeah. Oh, okay. Tried to do the triple at the Cruella Hut. Yeah. I don't know why. And then uh, she was out skiing, snow skiing at Trebo. So just stay away from Threadbow. Yeah. Actually, don't stay away from Threadbow. Threadbow's an awesome place. Just stay away yeah. from riding outside your ability, I guess. Well, that's it, yeah. No, I'd never knock Threadbow, so it's a great place to ride mm. for all sorts of skill levels. Yeah, it is a good spot. I just yeah. a new downhill track and I'd be a happy man. I just, I've ridden that thing for over 10 years now and I'm just like, something new, but there's so many restrictions and stuff there. Yeah, I was and it's just like that. Like, they want to. Like, we want to do mm. stuff, they just... And make it that hard for them. It's just like, yeah. what's the point? And I think because the flow track has so much attention now, but that's because no one wants to ride the yeah, beat up it. down. I was like, you put yeah. your downhill track in, it's good. People will go to that, and then you kind of get congestion off the flow track. But it is, yeah. yeah. But that's all. Yeah. See, I'm loving the Valley Trail. I reckon that's brilliant. Which one's that? Is it the one? That's the one down to Jindabyne. Yeah, and they opened up that bottom bit, and oh, it's so good. It is fun. That is that. I want to base myself out of there a little bit, just because it, it is like you say, it's gym. It's yeah. You can ride a trail, you can ride downhill. I'm just honestly the only thing that stops me from going from going there more is the downhill tracks. Just it's just it's, it's just so beat up and it's so mm. like I think in my head I need to ride new stuff that actually excites me or just stuff that you just it keeps you thinking. Yeah, my thread is a bit just like oh this rock's gonna be here because it's been here for the last seven years, like ten years, and then this rock oh okay. and he kind of my brain almost shuts off a bit like I'm not in the like the racer rider go my hardest. I'm in the kind of almost like autopilot sense well, of things. I remember commissaring there a uh, national series in 2000, and uh, with 
when Nathan Rennie and Wade Boots and all those boys were around, and it was the same track then. You know, it's... <laughs> yeah, they've, they've made it better. I will say they have made it better over time. Yeah. They've taken stuff out, but oh. most of it, yeah. But I've only ridden it the downhill track a couple of times. There, so, it's, yeah. it's fresh to you. I yeah, I've been pretty much racing it like every year for <clears throat> over ten years. Mm. So I think probably around two thousand seven, two thousand eight was. And the it's first a time very hard it. track to do a track walk on. Oh, it's too long. Yeah. It's so <laughs> long. I was going to say it's it's ridiculous. And then just the attitude too and stuff. You yeah, out of breath all the yeah. time. You, and trying to walk back up. See, I've never done that. I, oh, I don't man. Think I, I don't think I would do that. Yeah. I think I've got other things I could be doing instead. <laughs> but that is a cool spot. But, yeah, same back with the Nationals, because how do you feel about the fact that we don't have any Nationals anymore? It's sad. It is really sad. I, I, I don't like it because I don't get to see anyone anymore. Yeah, the whole social side the of The whole social side for me. There's so many great families out there from all over Australia that it's time when we all got together. Yeah. And, and I really miss that. And even the riders. I mean, I, I still class you all as my kids. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, it is kind of sad when you look at it, like, especially in that regard. Like, I've <clears> been going to the Vic Series since I was 11 years old. And like you say, you just it's just like a family. Because mm. it's all like, it's mostly the same people. There's obviously yeah. new people that come in, but it's such a cool environment. And the, obviously the Nationals are the same kind of thing. And, and now it's just kind of dead. It would, yeah, and I think just, especially mountain biking, it's such a friendly environment. Yeah, there's no one that you've, you're so like, who the fuck's that guy, what's he doing? Like, yeah. You get a few odd kind of characters, but on the whole, no. everyone's friendly and nice. And I, well, for the, what, the six years that I was commissaring nationals, or all races, I don't think I had any aggro from any kid. Even when the, you got this big group of kids up there, there was no bullying there was no fights you didn't have to separate them there was always badgering and things like that which you know heckling yeah which you got to have yeah um but the kids all, they're are, all mates yeah they're all mates and i remember and that was a great thing watching pat i think some parents probably reckon i'm weird but pat would come up top of the hill with this whole group of kids and they were saying he said oh, i'm just going to show them my lines Mm. And they take this group of kids down. And I thought, oh, how good's that? And then you come up again with a new group of kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they want to see my lines too. Yeah. Yeah. There <laughs> yeah. we go. And I remember we were down at Del Rio at a state race. And um, I had a friend come down. And we were camping down there. And she said, oh, where's Pat? I said, oh, probably at so-and-so's campsite or there. I said, well, it's food runs out there. We'll have a group here soon. Yeah. And sure enough, this big group of kids came up, ate all our food, and off they went again. <laughs> and we were right near the bit. There's a little BMX track down there. And would have been about 9 o'clock that night. These kids grabbed shovels, and there would have been probably 30 or 40 kids ranging from you know, 20 right down to... Yeah, five. Yeah. And she's just going, this is incredible. You know? Yeah. And look, look, they're looking after the little kids. You know, they're hanging, you know, showing the little kids what to do. And she said, this is just amazing. You know, you yeah, it's have... definitely an environment. I remember growing up when there was no one, like it's not that whole like bullying thing yeah. or like kind of 
clicks or anything. It's just no one was smashing anything up or breaking nah. anything or. They're all just there to ride bikes. Well, that's what I always say to people. Like, what do you like the most about <clears throat> racing and riding downhill? It's like, it's got to be the people. Mm. It's like, how many sports do you have where you just mates with everyone you're with? Yeah. Like, pretty much everyone that races, you are friends with in some way. Even the World Cup series. Yeah, like, same thing. I've... I walked in there and it's like just being in a national series. It's, yeah. You know, people were inviting me into into their pits. Like, I'd go and have a cup of tea with the Polygon with yeah. Hannah and then, yeah, you know, Loic. Well, Anne Marie was with Loic, and they'd invite me in all the time for a cup of coffee, and yeah. you just walk around. I I just went around pits to pits. Yeah, well, I think that's the. I don't get why people don't do that. Like that's the thing that I've always done is I've mm. always kind of gone around to everyone because it's like why like as good as your team is, and I like love the teams I've been on. I'm like, you have different people in like your friendship group. It's going to make everyone better because yeah. you're not just. You hang out with just one person all the time, you're going to get sick of it, no matter who yeah. it is. Or you hang out with a team for long enough, there's going to be little flaws and stuff. But if you're constantly moving around and mm. kind of dealing with everyone, you kind of see the better parts in this and you see the worst parts in that. And it just makes it, it kind of opens your eyes a bit more about like, okay, this is this is cool. And you just enjoy it. It's just nice. like, it's just a cool, cool thing to do. But I don't get what people don't, some people don't do it. I don't know for whatever reason. Yeah. They just kind of kind of get in their little shell and then it's just like you're missing out on so no, many yeah. good people at this race and a lot of beer too because you know you finish beer there you go to the next, you go the next one yeah, after, do, after racing do the, is two, two, two in a fridge <laughs> yeah I need payment for uh, disassembling tents yeah well that's it too. <laughs> well that's what Jen said when I was with the intense helping the intense I remember the CEO came over and saw me and he said oh how much are you paying him and Jen said, oh, we just give him beer and feed him. I said, you give me work too. He yeah. says, oh, that's so good. <laughs> that's not a bad deal though, is it? Oh, no, she, Yeah, she loved it as well. Mm. She'd always, I remember after the races, she'd always said like, we'd be like, I'll get a few drinks and she'd just go, cartons of wine yeah. and heap of pizzas and you're just like holy shit we're having a party now. It gave her someone to drink with. It's not well, that's it. Really yeah, drank. she had that as well. Yeah, no, that that was cool. But... Well, you, you didn't want Charlie drinking anyway. No, I, I saw him at La Bresse that time. And, uh, oh, the one one time he had drinks in the hot tub. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, what, a glass and a half of red I wine, was it? One, yeah, one glass of wine. <laughs> that was enough. That was him done. Yeah, we had to hold his head off out of the tub. Oh, that's when he was hugging everyone, <laughs> saying, saying how much he loved him. That was funny. But are you going to the national champs this year or are you, are you missing it? I'm still... You're on the fence. Yeah, I'm undecided. See, I've been yeah, I've been on the fence for a while, but I don't think I'm doing it now because of the timing's terrible. So they've the one race that MTBA have for downhill, they've put the weekend before the World Cup, yes. and I don't think Troy's doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not sure about Connor, but Jack wasn't going to. But now that he's doing enduro, he's actually got a bit more time, so he'll do it. So I hope he wins. But it's almost like you're not you're not winning. Like that's the thing. Yeah. Like if I went to it and Troy wasn't there and Connor and that. Like, if I won national champs and Troy wasn't there, or Connor, or Jack, or like the top guys, mainly Troy because he's won it so many times, I'd, yeah. I'd just feel like I haven't won. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's kind of a shallow victory. Like, obviously, like Jackson Frew, like the, the War Brothers, a heap of fast riders, but mm. if you want to be the national champ, you've got to knock the guy off. How many years are you on? Six years? I think Jackson yeah. wanted to get in his way yeah. in the last seven years or something. So I'm like, and I've been close. I reckon I had like got close in seventeen, got close in eighteen. So I know got close in eighteen and nineteen. Sorry. So is Jackson going to race it too? Or I don't know because he's got a good chance. He's riding really. Yeah, well. Yeah, he is as well. Yeah. But 
it's just like I because I had the option of doing it or going to Croatia for a, like testing, getting the bike set up, and I'm just like I'd love to race it, but it just makes everything so much so harder. So you'll race that and jump on a plane and. Well, if I race national champs, I'd have to jump on a plane Monday. So I'd have to race national champs. And then, because I'm obviously up here on the Central Coast now, mm. I'm like, I'd be in Bright. So then I'd have to fly out of Albury to Sydney, Sydney to Europe. And then when I flew back, I'd have to come back to Albury and then I'd have to drive my van back up to the Central Coast. So it's, it's just, it was just the point. It's even like I was going to do um, Crankworks in New Zealand. And then I just worked out, like, the time that I'd be away and, like, I'd have to fly back and I'd possibly have a bike. And it's just all these things. And I'm just like, oh, I just can't. It's just, it's too it's too much. It's too much traveling for what you're getting out of it. So like, do you suffer from jet lag much when you go over? A bit. I've gotten better at it. Yeah. I've gotten better, like, with sleeping pills and with, like, eating before. Like, there's things you can do. This is what a lot of people say. Like, they get on a plane and they just say, oh, I feel terrible. Like, I didn't sleep at all. Like, did you have eye shades? Oh, No. Like, mm. so you had bright lights in your eyes all night like did you take I take melatonin which is like a natural sleeping pill like did you take sleeping pill or anything like that oh no I was like did you eat before you got on the plane so you didn't have to eat the shitty plane food and get woken up by the steward oh no did you like pick a seat where you could like have more leg room or like mm. lean up against the wall oh no and you just like all these things factor into it so I started just like I would go to the toilet before I got on the plane I would eat a massive meal before I got on the plane. I would take sleeping pills, eye shades, and I'd time it. So, like, obviously, we do two massive flights. You have, like, 14 and 8. I'd try and sleep on the 14 overnight and then wake up at 8, and then you'd just be awake on that one, watch movies, and then kind of hopefully get to Europe when it's kind of, like, in the evening. Yeah. And then you can just go to sleep, and you just kind of fall into that routine. But there's things, like... I know when I was younger, I never did it, and I wouldn't sleep at all. And I'd mm. get to Europe, and I'd be fucked for three oh, days that's for jet lag that'll be two weeks yeah <laughs> so it's just, like, just you find out little things to make it better but it's one of those things where it's like it's never going to be great yeah but like I'm even thinking about just upgrading myself to like business class when I fly over just because maybe like maybe for the the big block of the like race season when there's two races in a row just because it's like people kind of like oh but it's so expensive but I'm like well Scott will pay for at least an economy seat yeah so an additional might be like $1,500 or something yeah and I was just like yeah it's expensive but I'm like I'll get to that those two rounds and I'll feel so good I won't even feel like if I knew I was flying business I wouldn't even wouldn't even be like oh no I've got to fly to Europe it'd be like oh I'm gonna get good food I'm gonna better lay down and sleep yeah, I'm gonna like what probably won't have the kid kicking in the back yeah exactly and, so yeah. I'm like and what's that worth like I could come to those two rounds so much fresher than mm. I was and I'm like is that like imagine if I came in like it's all these little things that build into something like, it's people, what people don't think they they think it's these massive things you do to get better but it's no it's all these yeah. little intricate whatever what do you, what you call um, intricate things that you do and it's all little stuff like it might be stretching before you get on the plane it might be eating something it might be drinking this it might be like it's all these little things building something but people think it's this like magical like oh they did this and that's why they won it's just like no it's like a, it's like what is it they say when it's like death by a thousand paper cuts mm. or cuts or whatever it's like all this little stuff they've done that all builds into one thing but yeah just like the, I knew when I went to Europe beforehand like I would You'd be jet lagged for three days. You can't yeah. ride. You can't ride when you're tired. Nah. Try to do anything when you're tired. So you're like you're already backwards, but on the people that live there. So yeah. it's like if you've got to go there, you might as well limit all the the factors. But it is it is a hard. It does take time, but definitely like you said, trying to coach people, tell people like yeah what 
what to do to make it better because it's just you just got to kind of learn from it or listen to people that have done it mm. and then learn from that because I know like yeah I was that guy like didn't listen to anyone my <laughs> way is the right way like and then you kind of I've gotten to the point now where I'm like I look or I talk to people like they know something I don't and then when you look at it like that you actually get a lot of the information in instead of just being like I know everything Mm -hmm. I'm I'm the best at this or whatever and then you kind of get a rude awakening when you're not and then shit starts going wrong but that's how you learn yeah exactly but it's just I think you just gotta be more open minded and more understanding that people do know a lot more shit than you give them credit for because I like I would talk to like Jared Rando and Mill Cavalier (laughs) and all these guys and they would give me all this information and I would shake my head and agree (laughs) And then go do what I was going to do anyway. Yeah. And it got to the point where I'm like, maybe I should listen to these guys. They have done it before. They are mm. good at what they do. Maybe I'll listen. And I try to do that now with like the Fox guys and like even with Scott, like they suggest something and they have a reason behind it. Well, I'm like, okay. Yeah. And it's just like, you, you then you know. Like the biggest thing is just knowing. Because yeah. you might do something and it might feel terrible. And you're like, oh, well, I know now. Mm. Or like that's the thing. It's just like people are too scared to even try and find out. I'm like, why? It's like if it, like you already know that this works now for you. So if it doesn't, you can go back to that, and then you know. Yeah. Instead of just oh, I'm not going to do it, and then you got this. I always have this thing in the back of my mind. Like right now, I'm like about to try 27, and I'm just like, don't know what it's going to be like, but I'm going to know pretty soon. Like okay, that works. It's better or it's worse. But I know mm. that, and then it's not going to be playing on my mind because even last year it was kind of playing on my mind a bit throughout the season because I've seen everyone changing and you're like oh maybe I should maybe I yeah. shouldn't it might work better with this and it was just kind of like I'm kind of happy where I'm at so why would I mm. but I'm like but you could be happier like it could work better it could blah 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 and like it's just like yeah that's one thing I need <clears> to do is more trying new things and really kind of putting my finger on because that's another thing I, I don't do enough bike setup I don't do enough bike testing yep. and I'm going to try and do that more this year it's just you can't fall into that trap of trying to overdo things, but I'm definitely under underdoing things right now. So I think and it's... things like nutrition and diet and things like that can come right into it too. Yeah. And, and the thing is, what will work for one person doesn't work for another, and you know things like that too. And uh, like people used to always say, if Josh Bryson trained like Aaron Gwynn, imagine how how much more he'd win by. And he's just like, what the, what? And yeah. you're like, he's already winning and he's doing it his way. I'm sure if he, someone said you've got to live your life exactly like someone else and do everything they do, he'd probably hate it and wouldn't want to do it. Mm. But it's just like saying that if they did something like someone else, that would be better. It's just yeah. like saying if I trained like Jack Moyer, I'd be fast. And it's just like, like, what evidence do you have of that? Like, mm. it's like I think if I do what I want to do, maybe I could tweak some things and do that. But you can't just compare. You got to listen to your body as well. Exactly, everyone's different. Yeah, Everyone like training, thing. like yeah. road might work better for people. Mm. Trail bikes, gym, it's all completely different. Yeah. And you know your kind of formula, and obviously it's good to get outside help because they can kind of find you yeah. and they can see it. But I hate when people compare people. They're just oh, like, yeah. if they and did, if you did as much as this person, or if you yeah. did, it, like, or you have to do this. Yeah, yeah. this works for me, so you must. Yeah, it must work, must work for, you. for you. It's just like if you made me ride ride road every day of the week, I'd probably just want to quit and give up. And you're like, yeah, I might get a bit stronger in my legs, but on my mental side of things, I just hate it, and I don't ride well when I'm not enjoying something. So I'm yeah. like, you got to balance the actual, the, the good and the bad. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, like it all obviously factors in to making like one good thing, but it's just like you can't. I think the best thing is just to get information off people yourself, or just like view. Like I always watch people and be like, what was even like styles on the bike, what their like equipment they're running, all that, and just mm. like you've got to process that and see what works. Like everyone's a massive book, really. You just got to oh, kind of yeah. like decipher all the information that they've got and see. Like yep. why? Like why was he going so much quicker here? And then you're like, well, he had this set up, and his body position was here, and he was running these tires and all that. And yep. you got to take that on board and go with it, but. Just saying you got, you've got to be like that person is not no, going to do it for you. Because I know my riding style is completely different to yours. Completely different yeah, exactly. And, and my bike's completely set up different because I ride middle of the bike where you guys probably ride the front of the bike. Yeah. Because I'm old school. Um, yeah, and things like And I struggled finding a new bike because a lot of the modern geometries you've got to ride right on the front. Yeah. And that's what I found when I test rode that bolt in Switzerland. I um, jumped on it, and I'd, I've never liked 29. It took me ages to get off a 26 because I didn't, couldn't find a bike that I liked. Mm. And actually, the bike that I did find was a, a Scott Genius. And a Scott dropped there, a little plug. <laughs> well, the thing is that... Um, I've always been a Yeti boy. Yeah, love my Yetis, and but I and then went to Santa Cruz because Lusty was supporting Pat. Um, so I tried Santa Cruz, just didn't feel right. And I was over in Switzerland, um, and I was riding the um, intense uh, carbines. Yeah, with the boys, and I really liked it, but I still had to pull it out of corners, being twenty nine. Yeah, and they, I saw this. This bowl just got an internal shock, and I thought, oh, how good is this? What a great idea. And they mm. said, take one for a ride. I said, no, no, that's all right. They said, go on, take for a ride. And I went up the top of the hill, came down, and I thought, wow, this thing's so playful. Mm. And took it back to them. I said, oh, so you do these in a 29 or two? They said, that is a 29. Oh. I said, you're kidding me? <laughs> yeah. We're sold. Yeah, take said, my money. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and so since then, I've had that thing for two and a half years, and yeah, I have to go have a look at it. I haven't actually seen it. Yeah, and it hasn't missed. I haven't done anything to it. It's just, I've just perfect. You know, I just talk up the, the pivot points and... Away she go. I pulled the rear shock out of it once and it was clean, stuck it back in. And I've, you... I've serviced forks and that's... That's it. That's it. It's a thing. It's good to go. Yeah. Pull through. Oh, it's been a brilliant bike. Um, now, I'm about to run out of battery on the computer, so we'll wrap it up, but... We were going to say before, what what is like? What's your highlights been with your racing? With my racing, with racing career, even like on your side of things, and even like what you've witnessed or like. Oh, winning the four cross national series, oh. two thousand and twelve. So that means they've stopped. So I'm still national series champ for the over thirties. Really, um, that's forever now. It's not, unless it comes back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was to the wall. So infinite. The, the highlight of that is because I keep showing my mate the number plate that I beat, only because he separated a shoulder in that same, yeah. same event. That's <laughs> one <laughs> the final event. There's a rub salt in the wound. Yeah. Um, seeing Jack get second at Fort William. That was, yeah, that was one for that me. Was, I yeah. think the biggest thing for me being a highlight, I remember being with him when he broke his collarbone before then. And I remember so clearly we were in this um, house in Temecula and he was just sitting at the table and he was just like, just a vacant. He mm. wasn't there. 
and then he just was like, I was like, man, like, what's you're good, and he's just like, I'm done, like, I'm I'm over this. I'm not. Yeah. I'm like, how many times do you break your collarbone before you just give up? And honestly, I thought he just might have given up. I thought he might be like, fuck, this is it, I'm done. But I just remember looking at him, just vacant face, and he's like, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. And that was when was that? That was twenty. 16 yeah. and then he kind of came back at the end of that year and started getting results and in 17 he obviously killed it and was one of that yeah. up and coming rider he was the man Yeah. so it was just cool to see that you see someone at their lowest and then you see him at their highest and it was just cool to see the whole process well, and it's a good thing to say that you know when you're at your lowest there is hope yeah you know, there's always you can't you, you can't just yeah. yeah I always have this thing as good as something gets as, and it can get equally as bad but then yeah. it can get equally as good so yeah. even when you're top of the world it can get just as shit but mm. when you're at the bottom in the shit it can get just as good but you've just got to you've got to realise that it can go either way so it's just like you kind of I think it keeps you when you're on a high it keeps you understanding that it can get shit and then when you're in a low it's like okay well it can get good so yeah. you just got to know it goes both ways it's like going up and down a mountain it's just you're never going to be on the peak and you're never going to be in the the valley so it's just like yeah. you gotta you gotta realize that and understand it yeah but i think once you kind of understand that it's not all rainbows and it's not always going to be good oh, and it's not always going to be shit yeah. <laughs> it's just like you you know so then and that, that's why i can't be a helicopter parent either because you've got to teach kids that bad things do happen yeah and you've got to be able to realise bad things happen. Yeah, and then you can understand yeah. that. Um, another highlight was when Pat won his first Australian Championship. What was that? What year was that? His first year under 17s. Um, but uh, I was commissaring, I was doing the starts. And Bob Morris radioed up uh, to Ian, who was on the start gate with me. He was Kaztech and goes tell butler his son just won and he said oh your son just won I said, no he didn't he said yeah yeah he's just he's just won the australian championship nah nah <laughs> and and he then um bob goes um give butler the radio butler your son just won because yeah. <laughs> he had two fast kids that came yeah. out after him and at the start of the race when we did the track walk, I said to him, right up, Pat, this track is going to blow out something wicked. This is a bright. Yeah. I said, we've got to pick lines that no one else is going to do or just off to the side. Yeah. Because um, it, it's going to, by the time your race run hits, it's going to be completely different. Yeah. So if everyone does those lines, because most riders are sheep, yeah. and they will do that same line. Yeah. And what happened... Um, a rock had rolled on to the main line. Yeah. And both the kids behind Joshy Clark and Harry hit. both hit that rock. And, yeah. And, and it was just, yeah. And, yeah, so that was a that was amazing. Yeah. And, I mean, cool seeing him go down the top and just like, yep. Yeah. He's got it. Um, and I suppose being asked to help set up the World Cup in Cairns and been a part of that yeah yeah not the world champs but the world cup the world cup yeah being asked to build the event center so i built yeah Did all of that. me and rick keo um we went up there because i don't know i'm not going to do it if rick keo comes up too because he's a really good worker yeah, yeah good mate um so we went up there and yeah spent 
three weeks up there building Getting the event centre. And it's pretty because cool, that was the first World Cup in a long time mm. in Australia. So like, yeah, being part of actually making it. Yeah. I guess even even though it was the shitty wet. Oh no, there's the one afterwards. Oh, it was the sixteen. Yeah, the sixteen. So it wasn't the fourteen. No, another seventeen. No, it was a year no, after. No, was the world? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So sixteen was just yeah normal World Cup. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think, it ra- I, think it ra- I think it rained. Yeah, sixteen, and then they missed a year. Yeah, and then it was eighteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. One, okay, yeah. we'll wrap it up because I got two percent of my computer about to go flat. Right. But if you had advice to someone getting into racing, like a kid coming up, what would be your kind of, I guess, best bit of advice from them? Um, save money. Don't expect lots of stuff from sponsors because the money is not there. Yeah. Um, you know, Johnny from last year absolutely looked after Pat brilliantly. Like, I couldn't believe what, you know, the support Johnny gave Pat from last year Industries is absolutely brilliant. And just get your kid to enjoy riding. Yeah, do it just, for the reason you started. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter if he's not world champ or, yeah. Know, Pat ended up sixth in the world that last year, and, you know, it's. But if you're enjoying it, enjoy six. You're winning. It's yeah, but well, he's, he's riding a lot better now and having more fun. Mm. Not doing that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, but just it, enjoy it. Yeah, but it costs a lot of money. Yeah, and they got to yeah. realize that it's yeah. a long, it's a long slog before yeah. you get there. And don't think you look at these riders and think they're getting lots of money because. No, it's, yeah, it took me it took me ten years it's, before yeah. I got a yeah dollar in my account from it. So yeah. besides like winning the odd race and stuff, but like actual like living money, yeah. as a job money, it's like ten years. Yeah, and at races, if you can help out, help out because I've organised that many nationals and that, and just trying to get people to help you. Yeah, try and keep it growing. And yeah, maintain and, it. and that's that grows for the sport, and that's one of the reasons why MTBA have sort of dropped the national series is because the cost. And if more people put in and helped, yeah, the cost would come down, but mm-hmm. that just wasn't happening. Mm. That's a all right, we'll wrap it up there because we are uh, yeah, we got two percent. I didn't actually charge the the computer before I came here, so there we go. Cheers for listening, guys. Alright guys, hope you guys enjoyed that episode. It's cool to have Timmy on the podcast. We've been uh been mates for a long time now and do a lot of riding together and actually living right near him at the moment, so it's uh it's cool to get him on. I would have liked to get uh Jack Moy on, but uh, unfortunately his appendix burst the uh the day before we we're supposed to do it. But he's um he's hopefully next on the list, so if you guys keep listening up, hopefully he'll jump on next and we'll have a chat with him about his new team and everything that's going on. Um, just one more thanks to, to Bluegrass Helmets for jumping on board and sponsoring this thing. It's pretty cool. We just started off for fun, but for actually getting some money doing it, it's a cool thing as well. So hopefully we grow it a bit more. Hopefully um, this season I get a lot more episodes and uh, kind of keep it going. But it's been fun doing it so far, and hopefully I can uh, just keep doing it more and more. But cheers for listening, guys. I'll talk to you soon.